0: Everybody and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode eighty-four. I'm your host, Martino Pucci. Alongside me is Matt Santangelo. Pepperisha has some sort of holiday or some sort, Um, so he's sitting this week out. We weren't here last week. um, Obviously, very busy all around for us. So, Matt, we have to get into everything. There's not that much to talk about, really, in, in the full grasp of everything going on in terms of all these leagues. Atletico is still free falling a little bit. So I guess that's pretty much the only noteworthy thing, but we've already discussed that and we will touch upon that in the coming weeks as well as uh, the season boils down in La Liga. But Matt, obviously the main topic of conversation that is going to be taking over headlines for weeks now is the champions league. We know it's the world's biggest annual competition. We have a lot of top teams in this competition left. Um, Some big matchups, but Matt, there's a lot of top players missing. So let's just go to the match that – the matches that are going to be playing today right before we release this episode are Manchester City, Dortmund, and Madrid against Liverpool. Um, The one with the more talking points is Madrid and Liverpool, right, Matt? Um, Injuries all across the board, whether it's Virgil van Dyke from months ago, or whether it's Sergio Ramos or Rafael Varane not able to start in this one. We're missing three of the world's top center backs, arguably, that would have been featured in this matchup, are not here anymore. Um, we have a Real Madrid that does some really good things. They still have a top midfield. We know we know what Liverpool can do in terms of their offensive output. Sadio Mane's had a down season, obviously, but Mo is still there. They still have their fullbacks. Alisson is still a great goalkeeper. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, what are you expecting from this? Personally, I think the losses are too great for Real Madrid in terms of the center-back pairing. So I think it's just Liverpool's tie to lose at this point with those losses. But is it going to be closer than some would think, Matt?
1: Um, Well, you know, it's kind of hard to say because I think you have to be respecting of the fact that um, in this competition, both are very successful in their own right. Obviously, Real Madrid—they've been here. They've, you know, even in the last in the round of sixteen, right when they had Atalanta, you know, they had a ton of guys out for that first leg, but managed to get a victory there. And then the second leg, obviously, they took care of business. But you know, this is obviously a different case, right? When you take out Ramos, that's that's such a huge loss. Aside from anything he does on the field as a player, like technically, um, and what he does in terms of trying to organize the back line and organize those around him. I mean that having that leadership and that presence, um, you look to him in certain difficult ties to help put you over the edge. In many ways, you can look to you know Liverpool like Van Dijk and some of the other players that they have. Um, I think with this one, given the list of players that are out, given how um, Real Madrid has come along um, this season in, in La Liga, I think they're they're starting to kind of really narrow that gap between them and Atletico Madrid. It's becoming like a three team race for the title. Which a couple weeks ago it looked as though atletico madrid was really in a good position to secure this thing but now we're getting a really great chase towards the tail end of the season i think this match can be full of goals i think it can be a really exciting match you know so maybe um back and forth i don't think it's going to be one of those okay we see injuries on both sides it's going to be one of those where both sides are afraid to make a mistake and be the first one to kind of concede something i think you're going to get something very exciting from the onset here and it wouldn't surprise me if it's just a little bit of special uh, special play or magic from a guy like Salah or even something from Benzema on the other end that really decides these these next two legs. So, I'm excited for this one. Obviously, there's three other matches besides this in the quarterfinals that um for one reason or another have some major storylines and big talking points because obviously we have your Borussia Dortmund with Erling Haaland, that's a big focus. Um, Manchester City seeing what they're able to do um, going forward, if this is their year where they finally capture that Champions League title that they've that that they've been trying to really for the past decade, if you will, so um, this Real Madrid Liverpool one, I think, is going to be the big focus. Though you have two teams that are two of the best ever in this tournament, um, as you mentioned, a lot of injuries, but they still command such a, a such a a, a presence um, around their around their tie, but they also have such a draw in their tie that. You know, there's still going to be a lot of people watching this one. And I think it's going to be a very exciting two legs for us.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it would have been really great to see Mo Salah go against Sergio Ramos in this matchup as well. I just think that, um, Mm -hmm. I I think that matters. Obviously like we know and Liverpool fans will bring it up every single time um, about that final. Right. Because I think a lot of people are under the same, you know, thinking that, most most solid plays in that final could go a very different way. And I totally get that. And then, you know, Karius did his thing, and that's, ended, that's what ended up happening. But again, like, that's, that's what matters. And I think, and I know we always try to grab storylines because we're within media and we like to have talking points for this. But I just, stuff like that sticks with you. Because at the end of the day, Matt, it's no guarantee that you get back to a Champions League final. I know they got back the next year and they won it. Um, but at the same time, you know, same thing with Kaka when they faced off against Liverpool, right? You know how many people were shitting on him when he touched the Champions League trophy before he went on on onto the field? I don't know if you remember that part. Um, because people are like, oh, it's so taboo. You can't touch the trophy. Like you'll never win. Now you're cursed forever. Look what just happened in Istanbul. And they go and win it like two years later. And he's the best player on the planet and shitting down everybody's throats in the competition. Like that to me is a perfect motivator for me in this. With Real Madrid, how many people do you really trust that are going to be starting in this lineup now, outside of like Benzema and a couple of the midfielders? Like there's I I don't really trust that many players within Real Madrid. And it's and it's not to say they're bad this season. I just don't think they're dominant and I don't think they're a semifinal team with the players that they have missing. It's just like for me there's like a there's kind of like an emptiness missing with Real Madrid. And well I know I mean, that's kinda
1: yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I just I, I want to go through some match facts here real quick because I think these some go. of these you things the tend to be um some things some of these things tend to be a little, you know, kind of throw them to the side, and some of them I think have some significance. But I'm gonna go through um just some information here according to what I see in front of me from who scored previous five meetings between the two, Real Madrid have won three. There have been no draws and you have Liverpool who have two. So it's pretty even in that sense. It seems to be going back and forth uh, between the two. Real Madrid have won five of their last six matches in the Champions League, despite this being a a less than um, strong, commanding Real Madrid side. I think they've had their struggles this year, but they've seemed to kind of regain form at the right moments. Real Madrid have won their last three matches against Liverpool in all competitions. There have been under two and a half goals scored in 11 of Liverpool's last 12 games in the Champions League. And Liverpool have kept a clean sheet in seven of their last nine matches in the Champions League. Which is a pretty good record given the fact that they've spent the pretty much the entire season or the, the vast majority of the season without Van Dijk, even Joe Gomez. And, and obviously they got two new recruits in January in Kabak and Davies to kind of help, you know, sure up that back. I know Fabinho's played a little bit in central defense as well, but you get my point. And then these, here, here's the projected line I'm reading in front of me, um, which obviously Asensio Benzema, Vinicius up front for Real Madrid, Moja, Casemiro, Cruz in the midfield, Mendy, Nacho, Militao, and Vasquez, and then of course Courtois for Liverpool. Mane, Jolta, Mohamed Salah, Winaldo, Fabinho, Thiago in the midfield, Robertson, Kabak, Phillips, Alexander Arnold, and then Allison. So we, we talked about some of the omissions that Real Madrid has. Um, the same thing for Liverpool. Um, some key guys out, but I don't think we're deprived of some really top players. And I think, like I was saying earlier, I think we're going to get a really exciting match regardless of the absences.
0: Yeah, and you're right, but that those are that's exactly what these kind of teams bring. You know what I mean? Steps. This is why these Steps these teams strength, are yeah. it, they're competing across these uh, and these are with multiple injuries too. We're talking yeah. again, these are with the top teams in the world with top players at their respective positions and they're still within this competition, right? Like like they have the opportunity to advance to a Champions League semi-final whereas you look at like other clubs like Roma for example, it's like the biggest accomplishment in their team's history or one of them, right? So for me, again, it, I, I hope it to at least be an entertaining matchup over the course of the two legs. Um, final prediction for this one, though, Matt, before we switch over to City and Dortmund, I have Liverpool advancing. I picked them in the athletic piece. Um, I initially thought Real Madrid to uh, win the Champions League at plus 1,000 prior to all the injuries was a pretty good bet based on a future hedge opportunity but with everything going on i actually do trust liverpool in this situation and i was saying in the chat for a while now liverpool should put all their eggs in one basket because they have the path to the champions league final you get to the champions league final match, anything can happen in one match of football anything um so yeah i have liverpool advancing in this who do you have
1: that's a tough one um i think that liverpool have been for as inconsistent as they've been in the Premier League, um, it's, it's a different animal, right? Like navigating a long season in the Champions League is different than what you're going to get in the Premier League, which obviously Liverpool have had their struggles, some due to their own, you know, in deficiencies as a squad and weaknesses, but also the fact that they've just been hammered with injuries. I mean, Moth Tip, Gomez, Van Dyke, you know, even Henderson, like a, the list goes on and on and on for that. So, with all these factors being said, I actually do think Real Madrid will barely move on in this one. I just think they I think the, I think the one area or the one time where they were that someone had to knock them off would have been against with Atalanta because they had so many injuries in that first leg and I'm like if Atalanta could do something here
0: how much do you take away after that first leg situation with the red card does that affect well that you... match
1: is that match was kind of like a throwaway for me because I think look if you're Real Madrid okay. given the list of guys that were out you were just trying to get like you were just trying to get into that second leg in a favorable position where it's not something catastrophic to overturn, you know? So I think they did a, they got a bonus to that. They got a late goal. Obviously, they went to the second leg and they just completely handled business with a healthier squad against Atalanta. And despite some of the injuries, you know, Ramos, Ferran, I think maybe leg one won't be as exciting and as thrilling and maybe as convincing for Real Madrid in, their, in, their, in the total performance. But I think over two legs, when they get guys back and given their current form that we've seen them in the past handful of weeks or a handful of months shall I say I think Real Madrid will barely get by Liverpool having said that it wouldn't Mm -hmm. surprise me if Liverpool did win because I think you're starting to see a different animal with Liverpool in the Champions League versus the Premier League they kind of know that top four is their aim now in 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 the Premier League the title's just simply without reach with you know not within reach so now you kind of kind of have that focus and make those preparations for the Champions League matches and maybe see if you can make one last push to win another trophy because I, I don't know what Klopp's future looks like, but you can kind of get a, a sense that maybe they're going to put a little bit more effort and energy and focus into the Champions League because it is a shorter tournament tournament format. And if you get a little bit of luck in the draws and some decent performances, you can find yourself in a final, you know? So, they're still
0: keeping pace for f- top four. They're not that far off. No, 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 of course. I know. Focus, I know. But you know, no, it's no, been a course, tough season for them, you know? No, no, totally. And it's not like they have to make win the Champions League is is kind of what I was getting at. Because right. they, they still have that window of opportunity at the same time. But then again, we all know how grueling the Premier League uh will be. So moving on to Manchester City Dortmund. I think, Matt, in terms of just pure entertainment value for a casual spectator, mm-hmm. say yep. in the United States, this is gonna be the most fun matchup out of all four. Um Ties that we have going on. I just think there's going to be a lot of goals here. I think this will be City running these two ties. We talk about it time and time again. I think Dortmund's probably the main team that I've watched the most out of anyone outside of Serie A, and I've watched a lot of their games. And from kickoff, um, from first match day to now, Dortmund doesn't know how to play defense. Um, I don't think they're ever going to understand how to play defense. They haven't filled that void, and I know we'd like to talk about the Hakimi um, departure and not properly replacing him, and that's what Pet has mentioned. But there's just a lot of aspects to what they kind of do that haven't really transpired. They fired Lucien Farver. They're going to get Rosen for next season with Munchen Gladbach. Now all of a sudden, the the rumors of Erling Holland are swirling about whether he's going to be staying or not. Um, and then whether the future of Jaden Sancho is also up in the air, right? There's a lot of question marks going on with Dortmund and Matt. They're horrific within the Bundesliga. There's a good chance that they're not making this competition next year. Based off of what we've seen in the current trend that mm-hmm. they're going down. Thanks. For me, I think we're going to see a lot of goals in this matchup. Um, because the only chance that Dortmund has to win this time, Matt, is to just score a lot. Because at the end of the day, there's no way they're going to be playing this defensive counter battle where they're going to be limiting Manchester City's attacks and opportunities that they're going to be creating chances to win. It's just not going to happen. If they do that, then I'd be fucking blown off my fucking porch because that's I. There's no way that happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. are, are we are we going to see a scenario where Dortmund shuts out Manchester City over no. any of the two ties? No way.
1: No way. No. I, I honestly, I think you know, in looking at the entire picture here for both sides. I think what I'm seeing from Dortmund, um, there's a lot of just buzz and, and discussion around them, right? Because obviously, you know, a lot can rest on whether or not they get, you know, they're able to keep Holland, right? Sancho and some of these other guys, I mean, without champions league football, a lot of leverage, a lot of pull that a, a Dortmund could have in any potential restructuring of a deal or any sort of conversations they have with me and Raiola regarding Holland's potential transfer rest on champions league. In my opinion, yes, Obviously, if they make a deep run, if they were somehow able to get past City and make this miracle run to a final and maybe even win it, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but let's say for the conversation's sake, they did. And then obviously you have, a, it opens up a whole nother window for um, Dortmund to retain some of these players. But looking at the landscape of the Bundesliga table, I mean, they're, they've been so up and down, so inconsistent the entire season. Um, they've been better under, under you know, they're their, their more recent coach yes but at the same time the team is just really underachieving and we've been talking about this the entire season i know you have you've been you were someone that felt that they had enough in the tank enough talent in the squad to compete for a title and obviously it's not there now they're fighting for top four but let me let me just look at you know some of the stats here um the match facts excuse me i think these things are really key i'm in this one
0: today
1: i got this on the stat boy here (laughs) all right so um Man City have kept a clean sheet. Again, this is all according to who scored. Uh, Man City have kept a clean sheet in their last seven matches in the Champions League. Man City have won seven of their last eight matches in the Champions League. And then for Dortmund, Dortmund have scored at least two goals in six of their last seven matches in the Champions League. They are also undefeated in their last seven matches in the Champions League. And they are undefeated in their last five matches against City in every competition. So look, sometimes stats can be very misleading because this is a different city side, right? Let's say mm. these two teams last met three, four years ago. Well, that's taking into account some of these stats, right? Those kind of factor in here. But this is a different animal as far as Man City is concerned. I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they, they, they're, they have a ton of goals. They have, they have no, virtually no absences. I mean, they're going to have a full stack team followed in Cancelos, This is their best Sterling. defensive side like, in years as well. This is, the, this is probably the best year you can make a case this is maybe aside from the years they've won the title, the, the, the Premier League titles, but you can make a case this is probably the best chance they're going to get at winning a Champions League. Given the opponents, some of the injuries that the, the opponents have had with the whole COVID situation or oh, positive yeah. tests, they were so well-stocked and well-prepared as a squad to make mm-hmm. a really deep run in the Champions League and potentially win it. Whereas with Borussia Dortmund, again, very up and down, have the talent. We know they have the talent. Yep. but no Sancho no Mukoku so they have some key guys out here and I, I I I think that yes the Holland factor comes into play I think Holland will will have his normal moments and maybe it's a showcasing for him to City right because that's a conversation that people are having that maybe City is a, is a landing spot for him which remains uh, to be seen in the end so. I think City win the first leg okay. um, I think there are goals I think both teams will score if you want to go with my you want to take my betting advice here it's a little teaser there um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think over two legs i think city are just simply too strong they've been too sharp too consistent too um well focused on the 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 finer details it takes to win in these sorts of matches this deep in the competition and i think this is where it stops for dormant i think city move on and that's that's really kind of my verdict on this one
0: agreed yeah um i might as well bring up some of my stats because i wrote about this shit so um, yeah, but yeah, but, but but anyways, <laughs> um, their last four competitive matches, this was, I wrote this prior to football returning over the weekend, but in, in the four competitive matches, City had scored more than two goals and Dortmund in three of the four past matches have conceded at least two of them. So not only is City scoring that amount, Dortmund's also letting that in. And again, when they're limiting the creativity with the absences that you mentioned I mean, this is it's just a combination that just doesn't bode well for Dortmund. So, yeah, at the end of the day, we both see Manchester City moving on. Matt, we got some matches tomorrow as well. Obviously, we mentioned them. Um, we'll go with um, the bigger matchup last. So, we'll go with Porto and Chelsea. Um, this probably has the least amount of storylines. It's the least sexy of all the matchups and ties that we have. Um, for this quarterfinal, Porto, we know, pulling off that shock against Juve, winning an extra time off that free kick. Nice job, Chesney. Um, and Chelsea, ever since Thomas Tuchel came in, I, Christian Pulisic, man. I mean, just you have to get that out of the way. Just these hamstring issues are becoming a real serious problem for mm-hmm. him. And I think it it's going down that path where it's becoming detrimental to his career. Although every time he's on the pitch, he was producing. Um, Chelsea, other than that, don't have that many, like, issues in terms of this. I think they have more than enough to advance in it. <sighs> I know everyone was just saying Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Porto have enough, man. But there was, like, certain things I was seeing with Porto over those two ties that they left the door open um, for Juve to come in and win that. I know they had the red card in that second leg. But they left the door open for like some of the some of the reasons that they got away with winning those ties, Matt, were kind of mistakes that are just not going to happen again. The Rodrigo Benchincur back back pass that leads to the goal in the opening minutes in the first tie. The Chesney uh, wall free kicks where it just spills over and it goes in. Um, to me, those are like two opportunities right there. And one of them is an away goal that that's just not going to happen again. And the way Chelsea's been playing defensively, you're going to have a hard time for me seeing that just happening, happening for Porto and going their way again. Do I think they have enough talent to win this tie? Sure. Do Do I think it's likely that they do it? No, I don't think so. Because I trust and respect Chelsea now under Thomas Tuchel and what they've been doing. Um, for me, I think this one is going to be a close tie. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Timo Werner still like you see him doing some really good things, Matt, in general, in terms of mm-hmm. work rate, distribution, getting more final. The final product is lacking. It's just, though. dude, yeah. you know, the international yeah. break, he carried that over. And oh, now and you I just have that, that sense yeah. that it just carries back. And maybe he does get a goal. Maybe it does Fernando Torres Yeah, Barcelona just, for it. Just thinking that, yeah. But for yeah. me, Matt, I just you know that was after a couple of years of Fernando Torres doing that. Timo Werner still in the midst of this struggling first season with Chelsea. He does some good things, but at the end of the day, you get Timo Werner and there to score goals. For me, I think this will be a close tie, and Chelsea end up advancing. But I would not be shocked by any sort of the, uh, any stretch of the imaginations that Porto was able to pull this off. I just, I just. Considering what happened with Porto last round and how they advanced, I don't think that's likely. Uh, considering the way Chelsea's been playing,
1: um, with Chelsea, yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, it doesn't. You could just look at the numbers, the goal, you know, the goals per the game, the record, the the ascent up the, the Premier League table for Chelsea, and just their their collective efforts um, under Tuchel. To you know, you can look at all those sorts of things and and kind of get a a sort of feel as to how well things have been under Tuchel. Um, you know, which is obviously a true testament to the fact that he's been able to step in mid-season, which is never easy, with all the players they brought in, replace Frank Lampard, and finally get the team to play to somewhat closer to the potential and expectation that people had of them coming into the season, right? With all the names they brought in, and we're not going to go through them. Chelsea lost heavy on the weekend to West Brom. They were kind of slapped around, for lack of a better term. I think they lost 5-2, if I'm correct. Um, And I don't look too much into that. I think the overall collective effort, the uh, focus has been there. Um, I think the team is very unified. um, And they seem that they're coming on very strong right now. Um, I do like Chelsea to beat Porto. I think that Porto, um, they showed a lot of, like, that was the type of performance that Porto would have needed to get past a team like Juve. I didn't necessarily think it was going to take anything sort of spectacular as far as goals are concerned. I think it's going to take a little bit of luck, just a little bit more fight, energy, tenacity till the very end. And they spent mm-hmm. what would I? What was it, 60, 70 minutes down a guy, and they still managed to get past Ju- Juventus. I don't not sure how more more indicative it, indicative that is of Juventus and their and their pitfalls, or how good Porto have been. But in any case, this is, seems like a different sort of environment now. Like they're coming up a team that's in much stronger form, a much positive moment, whereas the Juve. They were that was kind of expected. A lot of people thought that maybe Juventus were going to have some troubles there. With all that being said, I think it will be tight. I think Porto will maybe be able to carry over a little bit of that magic into this one. But I just think that, like City, like some of these other teams, I think the attention to detail, some of the finer details that maybe Tuchel has ingrained in his his sort of approach to this match, will come out. And I just think Chelsea will take care of business. I think what that victory over Atletico Madrid over two legs taught me was, wow, this team can beat like very good teams. That was a really good test in the round of 16. That yeah. a team that, that you would typically expect to face like in the quarterfinals or even the semifinals. They got past and they got one of the more difficult draws against Atletico and they handled it pretty well for all, for all kinds of purposes. So I, I like Chelsea to move on, but I think it could be pretty relatively tight. It's not going to be a goal scoring bombardment you know, but I think Chelsea will get the job done and they will continue this good run of form positive moment under Tupel.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, I, and the funny thing you mentioned with the West Brom over the weekend with Chelsea I was writing this in the, in the article, Chelsea just thrives in chaos. Like they could be doing absolute dog shit in the league and then just pull off this champions league win. They did it last time. They finished like sixth or seventh when they won the champions league uh, for the first ever time. So it's really never indicative of what you do in the league relative to your champions league uh, experience. So best of luck to them too. So I guess we both have Chelsea moving on in this one. Um, so yeah, we'll get down to the final one, Matt, before we head on out because we're keeping this episode very short. It is PSG versus Bayern. Again, lots of lots of big time names coming out. Last minute absence of Serge Gnabry, um, not going to be there for Bayern. We know your boy Louis is missing uh, the two matches, and this one it's pretty devastating. I really feel I really feel bad in terms of this Ballon d'Or thing. Um, I just hope it's not too detrimental for him in terms of that, if uh, Bayern were to potentially lose this. Uh, listen, Bayern have a worse defense than they did last year, Matt. Um, and a lot of what made Bayern so dominant in winning the sex double was simply because this. They were just outscoring a ton of teams, and these teams were just getting beaten down so badly that they didn't really have an opportunity to score that many goals on them. I think certain players have regressed. I think the absence of Thiago is felt in certain matches, and especially like this uh, they've allowed more goals in the Bundesliga so far this season than they did all of last year uh, by three already, three more than last year. Um, it's what I had written. You lose those two top goal scorers who are, in my opinion, their two best goal scorers for them. Right. Um, but now um, <laughs> Muller has, has coined Leon Goretzka as Goretzka now. Um, so keep it on those um, <laughs> puns with the, with the goal scoring for Bayern players. <sighs> PSG, they lose. They don't have Thiago Silva compared to this tie with last year. They do have Neymar healthy. They still have their front guys healthy. Marco Verratti is going to be missing in this absence. Uh, Florenzi as well, who's been really solid for them, in my opinion, one of the better pieces of business around world football recently. <sighs> the sexy bet here, if we're talking betting, is PSG. Bayern are the favorites by a small margin. But it still feels like in terms of depth and overall experience and what they have, it's still enough to advance. But if my gut is telling me if Kylian Mbappe is generational, if Neymar is generational, then they go out and win this fucking tie, man. They, like, they have to do it. So for me, I, I envision PSG winning it. But Bayern, it would not shock me whatsoever, and I know we've said this a couple times now, it would not shock me if Bayern just actually made this no contest, considering the absences that PSG have. Because I do think they're going to prove to be more um, quintessential losses than most people would think.
1: Honestly, I think Bayerns going to win this. Not, not easily, but I think they're going to win it pretty easily. Pretty confidently. I think they're a team that we under, yes, we all know that Lewandowski's having this historic season, seasons, and really essentially his career at Bayern Munich. I mean, he's not far off from being the all-time goal, leading goal scorer in Bundesliga history. And he's 31, 32. Like, that's a lot. That's longevity. That's consistency. That's He's a special player. So, it's obviously his, pres- his absence is going to be felt for Bayern Munich. But I was watching the Bayern Munich match on the weekend against Leipzig. Milan, Milan, uh, Bayern Munich got a one zero victory over Leipzig. A big, a big result yeah. in the in the um, in the Bundesliga title chase. Without Lewandowski, like this is a team that they're well structured, well managed. Like they have this sort of ethos, this sort of club culture that one guy goes out, like the collective, someone just steps up, they can pull. Goals out from other areas that maybe you otherwise wouldn't expect them to. Like you have Davies, Kimmich is a baller. I absolutely love Kimmich. I think we could maybe could turn this into a whole Kimmich conversation because he's that good. Mm-hmm. This yeah. player is very good. And it wouldn't That's surprise awesome. me if he finishes top 10 in the Boundary, or to be honest with you. That's my take, a hot take. But um, I just think that Bayern Munich are still really well coached. They have this, the star power in some very key areas and they're battle tested. They're battle testing they've been through this competition they've won six titles six trophies in a row they're, they're defending champions of the champions League. treble winners last year and and PSG for all the good they did last year getting to the final yeah. and the players they have Mbappe, Icardi, Neymar like all these guys that they have I get it but there's something about them that turns me off a little bit I, I'm, I'm very skeptical of them because sometimes I fear that yes they beat Barcelona and they handled them but we all know Barcelona. It's not the same Barcelona. Exactly. Yeah. I think Byron moves on. I would actually be kind of shocked if Byron didn't move on, to be honest with you. I respect them that much. I think they're still a very strong team, even without Lewandowski. Although, again, it's you want those key players in these key moments. Sure. But it, between, it's hard to say whether I think this will be the more exciting tie mm-hmm. or the um, Real Madrid Liverpool. I'm torn between the two.
0: Um, I just think I just think this one has massive implications for what's bound to happen for the title. Just the whole trophy itself. Mm-hmm. I think I think it has massive implications because if if the losses prove to be too great for Bayern within this, man, I have a I I really think Man City's in great position to make it to the final for the first time in the club's history. I ju- I just I just think that there's just something with PSG that you just don't you still don't fully trust them. And it's the same thing with City at the same time, but it still feels like City has turned a page. Um but again, who knows? We got to see what happens there. Um So you have Bayern advancing, right? Go with that, you're on mute. Yes, yes, yeah. Sorry.
1: Yes, I did. I have Byron. So, I guess let's go through our four teams, right? That's the teams that we think are going
0: to advance. Uh, how, about, how about we talk We talk with uh, our little uh, sponsor before we get to that? Yes. Um, before I forget that, because I already botched that. Line. So, we just like to let you guys know that this podcast is brought to you in affiliation with So Rare, the global blockchain fantasy game. So, Rare is a fantasy game of soccer or football where players buy, sell, and trade and manage a virtual team with digital player cards. A little bit like uh, FUT but obviously different. If you use our link and you buy five new cards from the primary market, either individual cards and bundles, then they get one free rare card. So you get one free rare card on top of purchasing all that stuff. So all you have to do is check out in the description within the episode for the link to get to so rare site where you sign up with us. Uh, The backslash is SOP. You could see it every time we post an episode on social media, the reply tweet, to the main tweet of the episode. We'll have the link to So Rare where you guys can go sign up. Again, we talk about it every time how Pet already has a couple thousand pounds worth of players. Um, and I believe the player was Memphis Depay that he got from it. So try out your luck, sign up for it, because we know the NFT, you know, space right now is exploding. The whole, you know, card market over, you know, time has just exploded Mm -hmm. and this is the biggest sport in the world we all know it's the biggest sport in the world and it's only growing on this side of the world as well in america so we know we have a lot of listeners on this side of it um uh, in canada as well obviously so we appreciate everyone that tunes in Mm -hmm. regarding that so sign up this is a great opportunity man like because if you're it's a lot of value
1: yeah if you're a pat if you have a passion for um as martino mentioned ultimate team uh, collecting trading cards which i know is a big thing right now especially with soccer football cards um and you just have an interest in getting started with with crypto i think it's a great way for you to get started um kind of merging all of your passions and yeah like like martino said sign up with our link all the information that you will need will be in the show notes and once again great to be in affiliation with sorority
0: yeah, it's re- it's really awesome, especially when I was a little kid in my in my dad's house uh, uh my grandma's house opening my dad's uh baseball cards like from the 70s and 80s and um they used to give you like gum with some of the cards and I tried eating the gum in like the I don't know it must have been like 2003 or something like that but the the gum was from like the 1980s. It almost broke my tooth. It was so funny. It was disgusting. It's just straight cardboard. So, it's just a uh, Something to bring up. I was a stupid kid. Um, still stupid now. So you wanted to go through our picks for the last four? Is that correct, Matt? Before we head out. Yeah,
1: just a little quick a little recap. I mean, I think it's. I got Bayern. I got City, Chelsea, mm-hmm. and what was the
0: fourth uh, one? It is uh, Liverpool. Real yeah, Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have Liverpool. I'll have Manchester City. I don't I just have, my my gut says Bayern, but my head says PSG. On, just, I just I just think that <laughs> I just that I, I value Louis that much. I get it. You don't value. Him, I know. It's okay. Um so so and then I have Chelsea moving on, I believe was the other one. Um I think these are all gonna be great ties. I think three of the four ties are gonna be close and exciting matchups. I just think the Man City and Dortmund one's gonna be the the stinker but it'll be entertaining in its own way in terms of goals scored um so with that we're going to be wrapping up this episode we obviously have to get this episode out as quick as possible so you guys could tune in and listen um matt why don't you go plug your social media and all that stuff before we head out
1: sure you guys can follow me on twitter at matt underscore santangelo make sure you guys follow at State of play pod on all social networks twitter facebook and of course um instagram and make sure you follow me and martino over at milan reports where we do um a ton of different content on, on twitch we do a weekly podcasts we do post-match reactions we do pre- sh- a pre-show so make sure you guys subscribe follow support us there and yeah that's 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 my little
0: sending off <laughs> yeah you could follow uh pet as well on social media at p-e-t-b-e-r-i-s-h-a um obviously pet has actually been soaring man i don't know if you've been noticing this i mean he, he constantly like texts us mike got i got my follower percentage up by 0.2 percent over that um yeah you know, you're killing the accent, man. it's like it's like bro what Do, who counts their followers by 0.2 percent just say you got 10 followers from the space pet. jesus christ um so anyways go follow him on there. He's at 1100 followers now. He's actually he's actually soaring. Um congrats to him again by the way if anyone didn't know how he how he joined um fresh arsenal by the way. So very happy for him. Um a massive Arsenal fan who will never let the Mikel Arteta uh, saga die. Um and you could just follow me on Twitter as well at Martino Puccio. There's a lot more other sports going on right now. So a lot of people are probably going to be confused, but again, if you're living over in Europe, you're probably asleep when all those tweets are going out. So it doesn't really fucking matter whatsoever. Um, other than that, you could also just follow us at the Milan reports. Like Matt was saying, if you have a Twitch prime, something we'll drop it on over there. Um, tune out, uh, tune in for some, some spaces as well. So we're going to be doing a lot more of those. Um Yeah, other than that, you guys can just listen to someone.